And there he goes. Coast to coast. Can he make it? Yes, he can. You know what it is, Monday, October 17th. It is time for some action, and this is Green Dot Daily. I'm your host, the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez, and we're putting the fun in functional sports betting content right here on the Action Network. We're presented by our good friends at BetMGM, and I got to let you know right now that if you use the promo code ACTION, you can get a $1,000 free bet upon sign-up, and then come on back here every weekday at noon to try to find out how to get those green dots we've got a great show for you today on a monday getting you ready for broncos chargers on monday night football we're gonna have the odds maker sean kerner join the show we're gonna have nick giffen join the show we'll hear from the guys on payoff pitch about what they like in game five of yankees and guardians and we'll have darren Ravel join the show as well to talk about some of the trends that are going on in the nfl and uh what happened at the end of uh rocky top and roll tide we'll get into all of that but we start with our guy, Sean Kerner. He comes on on Monday nights, on Thursday night, and gives you the prop to bet absolutely right now. Sean, we bring him in. What's going on? Happy Monday. And you know, Russell Wilson says, Broncos country, let's ride. I ride with you, my friend, because when you give out a prop, I take it to the bank for green dots. So what are we looking for tonight? That's right. So uh, I, I'm riding with Eric Saubert under 15 and a half receiving yards tonight. Um, I was actually on Saubert over seven and a half receiving yards on Thursday night football last week. Uh, and he cleared it easily, you know, catching five passes for 30, 36 yards. But I'm going the other way tonight. Uh, this prop is way too high. He's operated as the, the Broncos main pass catching back, uh, main pass catching tight end the past two games. But there are a few reasons why I like this under. The first is, you know, the Chargers have allowed a league-high 5.8 yards per rush. So this is a game where I think Denver will actually lean on the run a bit more, especially with Russell Wilson dealing with that shoulder injury. Uh, number two is Garrett Bowles is out for the season. Dalton Reisner, their left guard, is iffy tonight. So I, I think they could have Saubert stay in and block on a couple more uh, pass plays as opposed to going out for a route. And number three, th- this is the main reason why I love this prop, is we could see their third-round rookie, Greg Dulcich, make his NFL debut tonight. Um, he is a talented pass-catching tight end. He gives me um, TJ Hawkinson vibes. Um, so I-, I think he could be their lead tight end the rest of the season. Um, and so I'm projecting him just to play a minor role tonight, and I'm getting Saubert closer to 11.5 for his uh, receiving yards, his median. Uh, but I could be underballing it way too much. Like Dulcich could come in and be their lead tight end right, right away. Um, so I think the the floor for this prop is even lower than even I'm giving it credit for. Um, so I, I like taking this prop before we get the announcement that Dulcich will be playing tonight because I could see this dropping uh, to 12 and a half right away once that news breaks. No, and that's why you got to come on to Green Dot Daily and get it before the number moves. And I agree with you, Sean. I mean, this Chargers run defense has been its Achilles heel. Like for the last few years, they've tried to address it. Let's zoom out a little bit. Chargers, Broncos, what are your thoughts on the game? I know this is one of the big disparities in the luck rankings you've talked yeah. about. And that's hitting at like 85, 90%. Yeah, so I'm leaning Broncos plus four, plus four and a half, whatever you can get. Uh, I think the most likely outcome of this game is Chargers win by a field goal. So getting plus four, plus four and a half is key here. But yeah, the the Broncos rank 30th in our luck rankings. The Chargers rank 12th. So that's a luck rank differential of 18, the biggest gap of week six. And last week, games with the 10 or more luck differential 
went six and three this week. They're two and one so far. So I, I like that trend. Uh, I think Denver is being overlooked here. 64% of the action is on the Chargers. So this this lies at the heart of what the luck rankings are all about. Um, both teams have lost a handful of key players. But I mentioned, you know, the Broncos could be getting their third round rookie tonight. They're getting their stud safety, Justin Simmons, back for this game, which is huge. So um, I, I think they have the better injury luck on this, this game particularly. Uh, the Chargers center, Corey Lindsley, popped up on the injury report with an illness. So if he ends up being ruled out, that's massive. Um, and like I said, Dalton, Dalton Reisner, the Broncos left guard is if he is well. Um, so I'm going to wait until we see the status for both of those offensive linemen before locking it in. But I do like uh, Denver plus four here. All right. Sounds like a green dot to me, my man. Thanks for stopping by green dot daily. As always, we'll have you back later on in the week to talk about Thursday night football and week seven when we get there. Thanks for stopping by green dot daily as always. Thanks for having me. All right, for more thoughts on Monday Night Football, let's see who our guy Jill Gallant thinks will get into the end zone in the anytime touchdown market tonight. Here are my anytime touchdown score picks for Broncos Chargers, brought to you by the Action Network app. And my first pick is going to be Melvin Gordon. I grabbed his touchdown odds at plus 160. And not really a sexy pick, but somebody where we know what we're getting. He has 10 red zone carries this year with three red zone targets. Now the Chargers defense, they've been abysmal against running backs this year. Eight touchdowns allowed. That's 31st in the NFL. And if Gordon, if he can just stop fumbling, it'd be a great price for his touchdown odds. My next pick is going to be Gerald Everett. I grabbed his touchdown odds at plus 250. And normally I'd want to hammer the Chargers wide receivers in this spot, but the Broncos secondary been pretty tough. Only one touchdown allowed to the position. They're first in yards allowed to wide receivers. But where the Broncos have been a little vulnerable is just over the middle. They've allowed two touchdowns to tight ends this season. Now, Everett, he's been solid in Charger blue, two touchdowns, and he has more targets than Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. And my final pick is going to be Justin Herbert to score an anytime touchdown at plus 750. And as I just mentioned, the Broncos pass defense really tough to beat, but they're about middle of the pack when it comes to stopping the run. Josh Jacobs, he ran all over them last week and Herbert, he seems to be recovered from the rib injury. And if the Chargers get into the red zone, he may need to tuck and run because of how well the Broncos defend the pass. Also, he's around plus 500 everywhere else. So I'm going to take a little stab on the value here. So those are my three picks. Justin Herbert, uh, Gerald Everett, and Melvin Gordon, all to score a touchdown, all tracked at the Action Network app. Bon chance. Well, merci, Jill, for that. I love his plays there, okay? Especially the Everett and the Herbert ones. The secondary, the cornerbacks of Denver are to be respected. So if the Chargers are going to score, it may be a tight end over the middle or even Herbert in some close games. Remember the Rose Bowl all the way back there. Herbert was a threat with his legs. But now here, we come on for a little bit of different insights on what's happening in the market with our guy, Darren Ravel. We bring him on right now onto Green Dot Daily. Darren, we've had this conversation for a while that the under trend is still going on but first what are the people saying where are the bets where are the money here in monday night football well uh, at bet mgm uh, chargers opened five and a half now down to four 69 of the bets uh, are with the chargers 64 percent of the handle uh and then as we referenced uh that total 46 and a half uh it is wild to see since Life is too short to bet the under. Uh, to see 78% of bets on the under 
uh, 68% of the money. We are now in some pretty crazy territory where after we're now nine and four this week, last week was eight and eight, threatening to be the first week that the unders were under 500 didn't happen. Now we're nine and four, uh, which brings us to 60.2%, uh, which means that through essentially what will now be six weeks after tonight, uh, this is the biggest under year since 1994. Uh, now, the numbers have come down from the bookmakers, but they're still not being hit. We saw Thursday night football. What was that? 21 points total. Uh, it, and and prime time, when you add Thursday night football and Monday night football, we are now, what is it? 10 out of 12 uh, have hit the under or something like that. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah, and, and to be quite honest, when we have the Denver Broncos there who are averaging something like 14, 15 points a game, second to last in the NFL, it may be a stretch for us to get to that number, but we shall see. I'm going to listen. I, I need to know what? you got to change your philosophy now. You What's said happening? it was the preseason. The I know it's not, not that anymore. I know now, but, it's but not now, but now, now, what is it? Have in the past four years, the NFL has turned into uh, with the penalties and the way things are right. called an offensive league for highlights. Right. What has happened? Has has the defense caught up? Have I mean these things are cyclical, right? Though Darren, right? Aren't on some level, aren't they cyclical? I mean, I agree with you. You know, pass interference, roughing the passer. These are all calls that extend drives all the time and should lead to points, but it doesn't seem like they are. I think maybe the defense is starting to make adjustments with the dynamic passes down the field. We're seeing a lot of teams play the two high safeties, forcing teams to kind of go slowly, you know, and dink and dunk their way down the field, and maybe they just aren't enough good offenses or good quarterbacks to kind of take what the defense gives you but you're right my preseason kind of thesis yeah. on this is now kind of null and void i will I'm, say I'm gonna, this i'm gonna i'm gonna tell my children that the bucks uh, and the rams played in last year's super bowl because they wouldn't believe me if they you know if i told them that <laughs> this is fair i tell you what one game over the weekend where you definitely got banged if you went for the under was alabama and tennessee on old rocky top they got to over a hundred points. It was a huge scene there at the end when he kicks the field goal. They said it on the broadcast that like cigar smoke was in the air. And you have a couple of notes of what happened when the Tennessee crowd decided to take some souvenirs. All right. So the, the actual taking of the field goal post is a rare thing. Yes, they hang on the on on the posts, but actually bringing them out is something that is very rare. I had to look back. I go, I know I did a story on this uh, in Nove November 20th, 20 2002. I did a story on the cost of goalposts. That's, see this gray area? That's how old I am uh, for ESPN. Uh, goalposts range in between 5,600, at least at that time. So with inflation, it's probably 3 million. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, goalposts are not, don't cost that much. Tennessee obviously using it as a chance to raise money and they throw up a hundred K number. They also are getting a hundred K fine. I think it's just, it's this sort of this GoFundMe is kind of just a way to raise money, right? Like just to, just to, there is no better time to raise money 
than the biggest win of your past 25 years. And so this is just, a, I'm sure they're raising money, calling people. At the, they have probably an $18 million collective. The money's going to go there. There's going to be so much money floating around Tennessee. I'm not sure these people have money to eat anymore because they are just giving so much money to the Tennessee program. It's going to be interesting because at the beginning of the year, I said, you know, when these collectives are going to come down and and we're not going to have a, a BAFO collectives when Tennessee, who supposedly has the biggest collective, goes five and seven on the season. That's when in two. And and now I'm really now we're really in trouble because what's their number <laughs> next year? Uh, what what a, what a game. What an atmosphere. Amazing to see. They have suffered in Knoxville for a very long time. Yeah, it was great to see the joy on that crowd. Maybe they need to start raising money to get uh, a flight for Hendon Hooker to New York <laughs> in early December as well, because he certainly looks like someone who will be a Heisman Trophy finalist. I'd, lo- I'd love to see a Hooker win the Heisman. Well, I'm not going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole, but I will say this, that we will welcome you back onto Green Dot Daily later on this week. Thanks for stopping by, Darren. You got it. Fair enough. Let's go over to Major League Baseball. As you know, game five of the Yankees and the Guardians. And as you can see here, 79% of the bets are on the Bronx Bombers, but 90% of the money. So I always say follow the money. The big bets are on the Yankees to win tonight and advance to the ALCS. For some more thoughts on game five, let's see what the guys from Payoff Pitch had to say. Zerillo, game five. How are we betting it? Yeah, I like the under here. No value on either side of the money line for me. I made it around minus 140. That's roughly where Cleveland is sitting. So they're the closer side. They're sitting around plus 140. So they're they're the closer side to being the value side. I would need around plus 150, though, or higher in order to bet the Guardians in either half. The money line is fine to me. The total is a bit high. Do you like the under seven and a half? I projected it closer to six and a half. So I like it down to about seven and minus 109. You can play a seven and a half up to about minus 128. In terms of how the pitch types match up, though, against these respective lineups, I actually think Savale has the more difficult matchup. Don't expect him to be in the game particularly long, either the first sign of trouble. He should probably get lifted here because the Guardians were able to rest their three best relievers for the past two days. So they do have a fresh bullpen, relatively speaking, to what the Yankees have. This is a rare matchup where I'm not factoring in the starting pitchers all that much because I think they're both going to have a quick hook. Relatively normal bullpen game like the under here. Um, even if there's runs early, you know, we, 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 were, we were all on the under last night. It was four to two early. It stayed four to two. Um, whether you had six and a half or you had seven, you were sweating out and under there all night last night and it, it paid off. And I think we're going to see something similar tonight, regardless of who wins. All right, so these guys like the under in that game. And listen, it's a winner-take-all. You know, pitchers will not be out there and getting hit. There will be a quick hook tonight. But let's go back over to Monday Night Football. We bring in our guy, Nick Giffen. We got to see what the algorithm says. And Nick, I love it. We talk about kicker props. On Thursday, you gave out the under for Sly, like one and a half. Now in the last two Thursday night football games, there's been like one extra point attempted. So you definitely have your finger on the pulse or toe on the pulse of the kicking game. Where are we going tonight for Monday night football? Yeah. Keeping the toe on the pulse, I guess, as it is, uh, we're going to Dustin Hopkins. Once again, this is, I think the fourth time this year I'm going with Dustin Hopkins under seven and a half kicking points. You can find it. I think the best line right now is minus minus one twenty two. 
again, I'm just going back to the well here until books adjust. And that's because this Chargers team with Staley, they are so right. aggressive, as you've mentioned. This year, they have the fourth most fourth down attempts, like going forward on fourth down attempts per game. And that's also the fifth highest rate of going forward on fourth down. So you just take the number of times they've gone for it versus the number of opportunities they've had. They're in the top five in the league once again, just like they were last year. They also, uh, you know, tend to go for two a lot. They haven't done it this year, but last year they were one of the highest, especially when you adjust for the probability that they actually uh, would win the game. Teams that are ahead tend not to go for two as much because they necessarily don't need to sometimes. So when you adjust for win probability, they go for two more. They haven't done it this year, but if we're leaning Broncos plus four here, there may be a chance that they need to in, in one of those close score funky number games. Right. Uh, Hopkins himself has averaged under six and a half or sorry. He's averaged exactly six and a half kicking points per game this year. And the Broncos allow under seven and a half at 7.4 kicking points per game this year. We're projecting for under one and a half field goals and under two and a half extra points made. So those are all bets you could make as well, but I'm just going to roll them all together and say under seven and a half kicking points. All right, fair enough. Let me ask you this, okay, because we talked about Staley and his aggressiveness, and I know we can find you at halftime of this game on Bet What Happens Live. You and I have talked a ton about kind of scores that go off schedule at times, right? So at halftime, is it more or less likely that we'll be into these kicking props if we do see a kind of off schedule score, if the differential is five points at halftime versus, say, three or seven? Yeah, I mean, if the differential is five, we're definitely in a situation where we could see some going for two right. or things like that. Um, one of the other things I'm really keeping an eye on bet what happens live, and I'm sure my colleague on the predictive analytics team, Billy Ward, will be talking about this in his article that'll be dropping before Monday Night Football, is the pace splits. We are going to probably be taking some overs here if Denver jumps out to a lead because they have been playing faster under Hackett with a lead and the Chargers play really fast when they are trailing. So if Denver somehow jumps out to a one score lead more than a field goal, let's say a touchdown lead or more, definitely look to take the over live in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And be sure, check us out here on Bet What Happens Live with my man Nick Giffen. The game script will certainly have something to do with the pace. I mean, if Herbert is down, I'm looking at some attempt props as well for Justin Herbert. But whatever the case may be, catch Nick on Bet What Happens Live. And we'll have you back here later on in the week on Green Dot Daily. Thanks for stopping by. Sounds good. We'll see you. All right, so let's see what does it look like to be down with GDD on a Monday. Sean Kerner came in and told you the tight end for the Denver Broncos. We're going under because we may get a debut of their draft pick, among other reasons. Nick is going under with the kicking props. He is sticking to his guns. He likes to do that, and it has been profitable here on Green Dot Daily. You heard Jill Gallant giving you three guys that could get into the end zone all the way up to almost seven or eight to one with just. Justin Herbert potentially as a rushing touchdown. And then the guys from payoff pitch are under seven and a half runs when it comes to game five for the Yankees and the Guardians later tonight. So this has been another episode of Green Dot Daily. Don't forget, presented by BetMGM, use that promo code ACTION and you will get a $1,000 bet, free bet upon sign up. Tune in every weekday here at noon and we'll give you leans and ideas on how to use that to get 
get those green dots. Tomorrow, we're going to have a great show as well. The NBA season tips off. So we're going to have Matt Moore on that. We're going to have Zerillo here talking about the National League Championship Series, Phillies and Padres. Get it going. And we'll have Samantha Praviti on the show as well to talk a little bit about what you need to do for the waiver wire as we roll into week seven of the NFL season. Well, for everybody behind the scenes, making us look and sound good for everybody who stopped by the show today to give you their thoughts on how to get a green dot. I am merely the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez, telling you, keep track with us. Come on back tomorrow. Your balance can celebrate with us and get more green dots. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.